Oh, we're back, kids. Remember, not here to sugarcoat the truth. If you want something sugarcoated, go buy a donut. Let me let you know, welcome in show 205 here of the Pucknologist, your only completely live, unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast, wrapping up the week in Sharks hockey, part of Teal Town, USA. Remember, if this is your first time checking out our cast, hit like and subscribe on the platform of your choice and leave your takes in the comments section if you can't join us in that live chat. And uh, boy, we we actually have two things to give away. And would one of them maybe <laughs> be a Matt Nieto signed puck? We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. But yeah, we're on all that social media. And if you uh, want to support the show, keep us commercial free. Remember, Venmo at Teal Town USA is the preferred option. Thank you so much. Three games this week, Chief. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to call them games, yeah, I, I think. Contests? Matches, if you will? Um, yeah, ass kickings? <laughs> For the most <laughs> part. Uh, I was, Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie, dude. I was kind of like, is it the worst thing if the game tomorrow in Buffalo got postponed or something? <laughs> but lo, <laughs> lo and behold, the Sharks have, in fact, made it into Buffalo, so... There will be a game at an ungodly early time tomorrow. I was gonna say it's at what? It's at ten o'clock N- Pacific. Nine. Nine. Oh, <laughs> they well, bumped okay, it here's... up an hour because of the because uh, the Buffalo Steelers game had to get right moved. Well, here's the thing. I think what's positive about the Sharks game being so early is when they inevitably <laughs> the loss lose... comes quicker. Yeah, when they inevitably lose in disappointing fashion yet again, you will have the rest of your day to... To watch football. Yeah, watch football. <laughs> uh, if you're at work, work. Um, you know, any anything that you might want to do, you have that ability because the Sharks game, you know, by all indications, will probably be over just before lunchtime. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, they're playing Buffalo... Uh, n- not a world beater by any stretch. No, but it's the same as Ottawa, where yeah. for for whatever reason, you know, as even though these teams, although Ottawa and Buffalo, I think are better than San Jose, but to your point, not good teams. Um, I do think for whatever reason, like those two teams in particular, have as bad as they've been the last five years, they have beat up on the Sharks. And so I don't know if you noticed, but like in the Discord, we do like a score predictor game for every game. And my prediction was 5-4 Ottawa. And I don't know if you saw the notes, but <laughs> the game ended 5-4 Ottawa. So Kaboom. You know, so it, it, that for whatever reason, those two teams in particular, specifically in their home arenas, they've beat up on the Sharks for whatever reason the last five years. Yeah, that's so weird. Well, and it's the Sharks haven't lost to Montreal since 2015. So figure that out. Like. I don't get right. it. I like I like how Berg is asking in the chat, is this version of the Sharks worse than 92-93? Based on points? No. <laughs> but but it's to, you know the at least the 92-93 squad for as absolutely atrocious as they were, 
we were all still in the honeymoon phase. You know, the mm-hmm. bloom was still on the rose. We were all just so happy to have a hockey team in the Bay Area. Right. Fast forward 30 years later, and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. The, we got to watch this again? Okay. This, is, <laughs> you know, like, this was, and the other thing about the 92, 93 Sharks, remember this part. Back then, the away games were f- on free cable on KICU, mm-hmm. but the home games were on Sports Channel. So it was a first, it was one you had to pay for. Plus, it was also one that wasn't on every carrier, <laughs> you know, so. I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, obviously, like, relative to the Sharks, you know, history, like, I'm obviously a young guy, and, you know, but, like, how new, like, exposure and, and coverage is, right? Like, a- as young as I am relative to the Sharks, like, I can remember not every game being on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, that was not that long ago. And I, uh, no. and like, I think it was too, which, you know, you think about it now, it sounds so ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure it was 2000. It might've been 2008 or 2009 where it was like all 82 sharks games on television. And it's like, at the time it's like, Oh hell yeah. But you think about it now, <laughs> it's like, really? Like that was 15 I, years ago. I know. And then I remember it was a big deal when they were saying all 82 games be go- going to be televised and all these 10 will be in high def. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, make uh, don't, uh, you know, make sure you check the listing because this one's going to be on uh, what was it? Uh, CSN HD. <laughs> and so that's the whole thing is, uh, you know, were the sharks harder to watch in 92, 93? Yes, because it was standard definition. Yeah, I was going to say graphically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things we take for granted, right? Oh, I'm telling you. So let's, I mean, it was a 7-1 loss. I mean, Kakinen, Jesus Christ, that son of a bitch had a week. He plays just over one period, gets yanked, and we don't see him for the rest of the week. That's what happens when you allow two goals in 76 seconds to start a second period, I suppose. Especially because I'm assuming, right, like going into uh, – Going into that first period or that first intermission, rather, Leafs are up 2-0, and it's probably like, okay, they're up on us 2-0. We got to settle in, play our game, you know, do all things right, get our confidence, feel comfortable, feel the puck, all this kind of stuff. And then to your point, you come in 70, you know, the period started 2-0, and then by, you know, <laughs> a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah, it was it was four to zero, and you're kind of like, you know, it, it, it's like. Um, you know, that just meme where it's like, what what just happened? You know what I mean? Like like uh, the guy walking in with the pizza and everything's on fire. Like, Oh, dude, absolutely. And the fact that, like, dude, Marner 54 seconds into the second, and it and to be fair, lucky fluke. It was a, that, sure. that wasn't a goal scorer's goal. But the one that really gets me, dude, the Holmberg goal. Yeah. Literally beating Burroughs and Kakinen with one arm behind his back. <laughs> Like, good God. Yeah, but you know what, dude? Like, when you're good, you're good, you know? <laughs> I suppose so, dude. <laughs> uh, like, and, 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 you know, of all teams, like I said, you know, our, of all teams to kind of get beat on, beat up on, or get to beat up on, rather, like, this Sharks team, like, I feel like it was like, you know, it's three to zero at the start of the second. Like, yeah, you, you don't want to take your eyes off the prize, but you can get more creative, more fancy, more interesting. Um, you know, when you're playing certain opponents, like I'd be curious to know, like, 
all the all the you know all the lacrosse goals that have been scored i'd be curious to know the game situation when those were scored you know what i mean yeah no doubt and uh for those of you who might be paying attention dude i don't know how that's not a roughing the pastor call but stafford is being escorted off the field it looks like he's yeah, going well, that's the second that's the second time he's gotten banged up too oh jeez all right anywho uh wait a minute so they're going this this is for a field goal then right now right yeah, the uh, the action I have go. on this game says the Rams need to hit this. <laughs> they and they have so twenty four twenty with two thirty three. Okay, now we're back to hockey. Sorry about that. It is wild card <laughs> weekend. Uh, so hey, look, the good news is the Sharks finally scored on the power play for like the first time in what felt like a a, a month. Uh, it was at least forever, dude. And the fact that nobody could kill a penalty in this game. <laughs> <laughs> to Toronto with three power play goals, the Sharks with a power play goal like that. I don't think that I've ever seen a game like that. Um, four of the first five Toronto goals were allowed within the, either the first three or last three minutes of the period. Like, good Lord. And in the post game, and I'll just, well, let's just, uh, let's, Quinn, have at it, sir. Worst game of the year from start to finish and Every facet of the game, really. Just uh, not one guy really had their game tonight, and it certainly showed. As I said after the game Saturday night, we felt good going into the game, even though we weren't winning hockey games. But we felt really good about our effort and our compete. In the last two games, uh, it hasn't been there. And we've got to quickly find a way to get that back. It hasn't been a problem, really, uh, all year. Uh, but it has crept in. And when you F and lose, it's hard. It wears on you day and night, 24-7. And, uh, you know, I get you got to ask the questions you do, but it's hard. It takes uh, a special mindset to get out of what we're in, and we're going to get out of it. And uh, hopefully it happens in Montreal. We've been in a rut here, and we haven't found ways to win games. We were capable of winning or could have won, and I certainly wouldn't put these two games in that category. But it's hard. It's hard, and... Uh, We'll get out of it. Well, we are nowhere near as bad as we look tonight. And anybody who's never seen us before must really shake their head at what you saw tonight. But, you know, people that have watched us over the last month and a half, we played some pretty good hockey games, believe it or not, some really against some really good teams and have won games against good teams and deserve to win against good teams and have lost against good teams and probably deserve to win. So, I mean, to me, this was... We didn't do anything well. We could barely carry the puck over the blue line. I mean, yeah. Lots on back there. <laughs> but the fact that he's arguably our worst game of the year. Now, this is a team that lost a game 10 to 1 and followed that up by losing 10 to 2. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I get what he's saying because it's like at least in those two games, it was very much kind of. They were trying to do, or they were they were at least doing the right things. It's just that we're you know the sharks they're not talented enough. They were getting beat by teams with way more talent, and I would also I might say that you could hold the put that a little bit of that on the goalies as well. I think the goalie the goalie situation at least. <laughs> After Blackwood came in, Kaganin not so much in that Toronto game, but <laughs> but I mean 
Dude, they were giving up so many shots. It's uh, Darren Stevens pointing out the Sharks were outshot 16 to 5. Shot attempts 34 to 11 in favor of the Leafs. They held up for 16 minutes, then allowed goals less than a minute apart for an NHL high 11th time this season. And Ferraro was on the ice for six goals against. <laughs> oh, dude. And the 12th straight loss. So, of course, that had fun. everybody asking. <laughs> When's Mike Greer having another one of those closed door meetings with the team? <sighs> I just like, I, and I think you've made the point many times before, but at a certain, at a certain juncture, like there's no more that you can say, like at a certain point, it's just, you know what? Do your best. <laughs> Honestly, you tried like, what are you, and like, actually, what are you it's did you say? try, you know? Right, but what what are you supposed to say at that point? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're halfway through this shit, and following the Ottawa game, dude, I swear to God, there was a, a point at the end of the Quinn presser that he just kind of does this thing where he kind of looks looks down, and he's very forlorn and kind of like you could almost see the thought bubble pop up over his head that said. I so didn't think it would be this bad. <laughs> like, I did not sign off for this. It was one of those things where it's like, I wanted to clip it, slow-mo it, and then have the Curb Your Enthusiasm music going. <laughs> I mean, good Lord, dude. It, it was just so, so, so. Either that so or bad. like, <laughs> either that or it's like, uh, if you've seen, if you've seen like the Vietnam War memes it's like just zooming in on his face and like fortunate son is starting to pick up like <laughs> well that or you could just have you know the wah, wah. <laughs> i mean jeez so look the sharks finally snap out of the losing streak in montreal because they again <laughs> haven't lost in montreal so dude the sharks would win the uh, cup every year if every game was played in montreal I think is what <laughs> dude they haven't lost there since 2015 they, they were they were finally able to protect the lead they were finally able to uh draw more penalties than they took although of course they didn't score on any of them and the one penalty that they did allow uh, or the penalty that they did take montreal did score of course uh, but they're finally able to hit double digits in the W column. We're halfway through the season, people. <laughs> I mean, and this and, is exactly how we drew it up. I don't know what you're so worried about. <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing this shit out. They beat a team that they've won at seven straight times and that had played in Philadelphia the night before, I might add. Right. And Montreal's first goal came with 214 left in the first. Again. The beginning and ends of periods killing the Sharks. But the, again, it's one of those ones where it's like, okay, you know, nice. You, you've you snapped the 12-game skid. Good for you. Blackwood looked good. Okay, let's, you know, a couple positives you can take. Uh, you finally decided to get, you know, scratch Burroughs. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, but it was, this is, a, you beat a team that you've consistently beaten in their barn. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, they have a losing record over their last 10. They played the night before. They have a losing record at home. Like, that's, you know, like, good for you. You snapped the streak, but it's not like you blew Winnipeg or Vancouver or Boston out of their barn. You barely beat a crappy team. 
that was on the second night of back-to-backs with travel. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, you know, like good for ending the uh, losing streak, as you pointed out. But again, like there's still a lot that you can pick away from that game, despite it being a win. There's a lot you can pick away that needs to be worked on or is not that, you know, encouraging. Like I would even venture to say that there were more positives in the loss against Ottawa. Because to your Mm -hmm. point, because to your point, the game against Montreal, you won. Yes, you barely won. And you, I mean, as, as bad as the sharks are, like Montreal is just as bad. Like it shouldn't have been a, a squeaker. You know what I mean? Like it should have been something that was pretty decisive and not, not in the first period, but you know, it shouldn't have gotten to that point. Yeah. But I mean the, and then the auto game was so weird because it's, you have Vlasic of all people scoring a goal. LeBanc. <laughs> Le, um, didn't uh, Ahotuk, or was that the previous? No, it was the previous game, right? No, Ahotuk got the winner in Montreal. That's what it was. Okay, my bad. But it was just the fact that in in the calendar week, Vlasic scores, Ahotuk scores, Henry Thrun gets his first. Like, okay, that's not the blue line guys I had on my bingo card to, you know, lead on the score sheet this week, but it is what it is. But I'll tell you, dude. In the last minute, when it was t- like once Ottawa tied it back at four all, I went, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> you know, I'm like, "They're gonna figure out a way to screw this." Yeah. And lo and behold, Tarasenko with three seconds left uh, after a goalie interference challenge failed. By the way, and I got to be honest, dude, when I saw them challenging that, I was like, "Fuck, are you challenging for?" Right. I didn't even get, but it was like, ah, three seconds left. And hey, if we start the uh, OT 4-3, will anyone notice? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, the other thing is, um, like, obviously, to your point, guys, you know, guys getting their first goal of the season or getting one of their first goals of the season, right? Like Vlasic with his first, LeBanc with his second. Like, that's all well and good. But to me, what was really notable for this game was Duclair getting on the scoreboard. Yes. Zadina, Zadina getting on the scoreboard like Finally. those two guys in particular declare and Zadina guys who have potential to be here beyond this year those are the ones that you want finding their game if LeBanc mm-hmm. scores like honestly I, I know the trade deadline is a consideration but honestly LeBanc score doesn't score like who cares at this point right <laughs> green jacket gold jacket yeah but, uh, I mean, Vlasic getting his first in over a year. And I'm like, well, come on. He couldn't have been any more well-rested. Had to get so- <laughs> It was a great feat. I'll have to the, – the tic-tac-toe from that was actually super cool. I did not – I didn't see that coming. But they get, they did get outshot 41-19. to 19, And it was noted that it was the 10th time in the last 13 games the Sharks have allowed four or more goals. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing to – the to put mud in your eye, salt in the wound, Stutzla coming along with a four-point game. First star. So, the good news. Hey, look, Sharks finally scored a power play goal. Thrun gets his first NHL goal. Cunning got off the schneid as well huh? this week. <laughs> I'm saying it. I mean, you said I- Claire, and plus we got LeBanc. Like, a couple guys did get off the schneid. I did say that when I was uh, 
you know, I was, uh, you know, catching the game. I, I, I had the game on in the background. And so I was kind of like, you know, I would horse eye the score sheet every now and again, just see, okay, what do I need? And is there anything I need to see? Am I need to go back and look at anything? <laughs> Any of my bets pay off. And I saw, I see Cunning and who? my, like my literally, it was like a reflex. Like I read Cunning's name and I'm all who <laughs> like out loud. And I'm like, and I'm by myself, you know, like I was like, nobody, it, that was for nobody's benefit, but my own. <laughs> Dude. So, <laughs> oh, uh, Hotrick gets his first as a shark. Blackwood finally wins a road game again. People, yeah, we're halfway <laughs> through the season, and Blackwood's finally getting his first road win. Uh, but I gotta say, dude, the pick that the Sharks uh have on deck to come from the Pittsburgh Penguins in that EK65 mm-hmm. trade looking yeah. real solid right now. Where are we at right now? Is it still in the? Is it still eleventh? Um, well, if you go by points, points sure. percentage, it changes up a little bit. Okay. But right now, uh, Penguins, twenty first by points, bro. Ooh. Talk about right where you want them. <laughs> so, I wanna, I wanna share, bring up a comment that something that we've talked about before. Yeah, whip it right? out. And and this is this is like a real kind of long form storytelling. So the you know, I, I've made the point many times before that when it comes to like bad trades and that kind of stuff, and or I don't want to say bad trades, but trades that eventually look bad, is you you know, I, I made the point, I don't even remember when it was where <laughs> trades like, that eventually look bad. So like everything the sharks gave up for EK sixty five. But like you, you know, eventually like the universe corrects itself and the team who gets victimized, they end up victimizing somebody. Right. And, you know, the example that was had at the time was, uh, you know, the Ottawa senators, they gave up a first round pick to, uh, the Colorado avalanche for, um, for, uh, oh gosh, Matt Duchesne. I was going to say who it was. Yeah. Matt Duchesne. And that, that first round pick, uh, I would have to go back and look to see who that first round pick ended up being, but it was, it was a it was a spicy one, you know. It was a spicy one who that ended up being, and so everybody's making fun of uh, everybody's making fun of Ottawa. Oh, you gave up this prospect for Matthew Shane, da 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 da, da all that kind of <laughs> shit, right? <laughs> and then the universe corrected, and the Sharks gave Ottawa a first round pick for Eric Carlson. We know that first round pick ended up becoming Tim Stutzla. Right. Mm-hmm. So we know that to be a thing. And it also ended up being a thing that's from then on, all picks are top 10 protected. <laughs> right. And, and, and I, so the, uh, the player that Colorado got with Ottawa's pick was Bowen Byram and, um, who? Bowen Byram. <laughs> and, uh, sounds like somebody who competes on American Idol. And, and so now I feel like maybe potentially the universe could correct itself again, where now, Pittsburgh has given up a first round pick to the Sharks that may end up in the top 12. And, you know, top 12 is not third overall, fourth overall, obviously. But I'm just saying, the universe finds a way to correct itself. Well, dude, and right now, based on points percentage, it's it's top 15. It's 15th. That's fine. And who's to say, okay, four shits and giggles, hypothetically. Like, we all know that if there are hockey gods, San Jose will, in fact, get the first round pick this year. But if they don't, <laughs> uh, and I don't think the Sharks would do this at all, but say for shits and giggles, they ended up getting the third and 
through Pittsburgh end up getting 14th. They could package three and 14 and, you know, say, see if whoever gets the, oh, I'm sorry. We all know what's going to be. It's going to be Chicago, but see if Chicago wants to do that. And of course, Chicago's going to say, no, we good fam. Fuck yourself. I mean, yeah, they, they could do that. I don't know that it would make sense for them to. But no, no, no. Could. They're definitely playing the, uh, no, we want all the futures. We're going to take, we want all the darts. Like I would, yeah, I would obviously, I think in this hypothetical scenario you're breaking down, I think you roll the dice on three, right? And then, you know, you could take a guy at 14 or maybe you you sniff around one of these teams, right? Sniff around one of these teams who has a young-ish player, maybe mm. 21, 22, 23, a young-ish player that's really good. And maybe they're an RFA and they need a new contract. Maybe they don't want to be on their team anymore. Any given situation. Yeah. And say, hey, you guys are having a hard time signing this young-ish good player. How does 14th overall sound? Mm-hmm. No, that totally sounds like a Greer move. Yeah, I mean, if you can, you know, like, and, and the one that comes to mind, and, and you know, the, the one that comes to mind is, uh, like, and and obviously we, we know what ended up happening, right? But... <laughs> Hold on, uh, I, have to, couple... I have to respond. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we we know what ended up happening, but like you look at um, what Ottawa did with um, I think it was two years ago, maybe three years ago, when they acquired Alex DeBrinket, who is a young-ish player, kind of on the outs in Chicago. It's like, hey, we have this extra first-round pick. Why don't we bring in this guy who's like 26 and has scored 40 goals in the NHL? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Something yeah. like that. Might be nice. Of course, that deal ended up not working out for Ottawa, but I think the intention was in the right place. Sure. So there, I mean, there is some good news, some good things, but uh, look on the there's there's bad news. We're, again, uh, we're we're not here to only show you one side of the coin. <laughs> we are not state media people. There is some bad news. The season is only half over. That's the biggest part of the bad news. It's <laughs> it's it's not all the way over yet. God damn it! The Sharks went from December twelfth through January 11th. That is a calendar month, people, without a win. And uh, Kakinen played one period this 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 week. <laughs> Poor son <laughs> of a bitch, dude. Through 82 games last season, the Sharks' goal differential was dash 87. Through <sighs> 41 games, half the season. This year, dash 90. And, dude, the worst stat ever being broadcast from the TSN guys. The Sharks have been outscored by 20-plus goals in every period this season. (laughs) If you put it all together, it's like, oh, my God, this goal differential. And then I started running some numbers, dude. After 41 games, the Sharks have allowed 171. And I go back to what I was saying earlier about the, uh, the first and last three minutes of a period. 48 of those goals and I didn't I didn't include the empty netters but the 171 goals allowed does include them just to give you an idea so dude that's a third of the goals that they're allowing I mean you got to play good defense right dude I'm saying it I mean yeah they're empty netters you know it's kind of a low-hanging fruit for the other team but you know you see teams that pull their goalie all the time who don't allow that many goals because they play well defensively I'm saying it. And through 41 games last season, mm-hmm. 12, 25, and 4, good for 28 points. 
through 41 games this season, 929-3, good for 21 points. So through, you know, at the halfway point, this Sharks team is actually seven points worse than last season. Which surprises me because like we've talked about all along. Well, does it really surprise you when you consider that Timo and Carlson are not on this team anymore? That from that angle, no, but I do think, and I've (laughs) all right, then moving on. (laughs) I've I've maintained this all year that the Sharks, since the Sharks have been in their whatever you want to call it, um, going back to 2019 2020, this year is the best the Sharks forward depth has been in this five year period. And so to have a you know the worst goals for per game in that stretch and in franchise history, the worst team in franchise history, when you could argue your forwards are the best they've been in five years, like that speaks to the defense that speaks to the goaltending. I think, well, I think you could, uh, postulate. What do you think about that? Oh, Hey, whoa, (laughs) easy there, man. (laughs) Save some girls for the rest of us. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) But dude, I think you get in and say, this is the worst defense. In yeah. in twenty years, I mean, I remember, I remember growing up when the Sharks were in the midst of being really successful, and it was like, yeah, the Sharks are loaded, but like they have that one defenseman where it's you just like you close your eyes when they're on the ice, and now how far we've come, like that's the whole roster. Well, dude, you close your eyes when they're on the ice. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, dude, when when did the Sharks get Dan Boyle? Was that like oh seven? Uh, his first season on the Sharks was 2008, 2009. Eight, uh, yeah, 2008, 2009. Okay, so eight, nine. How many? How many years is it? It's about 15 years then. Since that transpired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would have been yeah, 15 years ago. Okay, just just take that in then for a second. They went on a stretch. Okay, 14 years, but you know, all, nearly a decade and a half where they either had. Boyle, Burns, or Carlson, or a combination mm-hmm. of the three. Yeah, and even and even bef- like before that, like obviously these guys weren't on. You know the names I'm about to say aren't on the level of those three that you mentioned. But like Christian Erhoff was decent offensively. Matt Carl was. Sanders Oslinch was. You know what I mean? Like it, like even San- Brad, Brad Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, from time to time. Sanders Oslinch was the pace car before Burns showed up. You know what I mean? Fucking a. It's uh, even Gary Suter. Like, I think like I'll have to fact check myself on this, but I think there are some defensive scoring records that Sanders Oslinch held at one point that Dan Boyle never touched. You know what I mean? (sighs) Jeez. I'll have to fact check myself on that, but I believe that to be the case because I believe once Burns, you know, um, uh, the year the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup final when Burns like really got into his element as an offensive defenseman, like it was like every day, like a new record was getting knocked over, you know? Oh, yeah. Easy peasy. And and four shits and giggles. Hypothetically, say the Sharks don't get number one overall. They don't get Celebrini. If Celebrini is not to be had, I was reading a, a some sort of prospect thing, and I'm sure Jules can help me out. There's some like six foot three or six foot seven. There's some bi- fucking monster defense guy mm-hmm. who is getting a lot of pub. So I mean, you know the the Ryan, Jesus Merkley. I almost said Ryan Miller, and I'm like, wait a minute, huh. that's a goaltender. But yeah, 
Clearly, the Ryan Markley didn't thing didn't work out. But you know what? I will still respect the Sharks for ta- for swinging for the fences on that. You know, after so many years of playing it safe. So yeah, I would I would agree with that completely. I mean, you can't like, you know, it's easy to vilify a move, right? But you got to look at you know the intention was in a good place, you know. Yeah, and I I can't think of of anybody who like over this last draft. Let let's let's be honest. A lot of people who who's the 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 Russia kid that had so much turmoil surrounding him, Mitchkov. Yeah. So Mitchkov, there was a lot of people. He was available when the Sharks picked, correct. And, and there was a contingent of people going get him. And the Sharks, whether you know whether you want to say they played it safe or they didn't, or you know, obviously that's one of those things that ten years from now we'll look back on. And either the Sharks made the right play or they didn't. But at least, there, you know, there are people on record. Oh, I should have went and got Mitch Cuff. But it wasn't a lot of people. But Merkley, that overwhelmingly seemed to be everybody wanted that to happen. And they were very happy that it did. So, oh, and here, see, here comes Jules. She knows. So, oh, fuck. Lev Shonoff. Am I getting yep. that right? That sounds right. All right, so that's the name. He's the top one, but Jules is also pointing out that the, this draft class is loaded with elite D-men. So again, pointing to what we were talking about earlier is that uh, you don't trade two picks to move up one. You get all the darts. Yeah. <laughs> Throw them all over the place. Splatter the dartboard with shots. So anyway, uh, it's going to... Boy, there's no way that the Sharks... There's just no way that they don't get more points than the 92-93 team. But there was a I, was, I was going to say there was a point that's like there's no way this team loses more than 11 and then boom, 12 happened. There's no way this team allows 10 goals two games in a row. <laughs> and here we are. And dude, Nico Sturm, dude. Sharks had not won since Nico's last game December 12th versus Winnipeg until the game at Montreal this past week. They were 0-15 without him. Now they're 1-15, of course. Huge. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Or no, I'm sorry, 1-16. You know what? Jules was right. My bad. Because I, I didn't factor in the Ottawa game. So that 1-16. Oy, oy, oy. Ottawa? Dude. That's that's just insane. And um, it, it, I don't understand how we even got here. But I will say. And you heard some of it coming from Quinn in the post game. Uh, you know, I didn't like our. I mean, any post game. It didn't have to be the Toronto one or the Ottawa one. It seems like the the last three weeks, dude. I'm sick of hearing about how the compete level wasn't good enough. And like you were saying, at some point, it, it's like, dude, just go out there and do it. And if you can't, we'll find somebody else who will have the compete level. You know, right? It's exactly. Like, it's like, dude, get other players then. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of players at the Barracuda right now. Yeah, just start making just start making things hard for for guys. And, and here's the other thing to consider as well. And I I think you would agree with me in saying that David Quinn's job is safe, and he has the full trust of Mike Greer. As and, I, as I think he should, because no, again, uh, yeah, you, you can't blame the chef when he's given rotten groceries. No, uh, of course. But my my point in saying that is. If your GM has your back and your GM trusts you to do the job and you have a good rapport with your GM, 
If you're David Quinn, would you not go to Mike Greer and say, hey, look, this guy, insert player X, he's not doing it. We got to trade him, wave him. I don't know. I, I can't use this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, versus well, like, you know, we, we've seen in the past where, you know, a coach will do that where they'll say to the GM, hey, this guy's not really working for me. And the GM will say, too bad, play him. And <laughs> I don't feel like that's how things are right now. Yes, right? And I would so, agree. You know, I, I, I would, you know, if, if David Quinn does have as much cachet as it seems like he does, I would start using it. Absolutely. And Berg pointing out, yeah, the CUDA sucked just as bad. Now, on that regard, I would throw a good amount of that on McCarthy. Yeah. I think that staff needs to be completely shaken up. Dude, uh, the, Barrac the Barracuda were postulated to be the best team in the AHL this year and last year. And what's happened? Oh, it's been... So, so bad. They're on a, in the middle of a five-game losing streak. Right. I mean, and they're the worst team in their division. So, figure that out. <laughs> it, it's funny. Like, you, that happens in hockey more often, or I'm sorry, in the NHL, more often than not, you're getting a pink slip. Look at Woodcroft. Mm -hmm. And yet, in the AHL, it's just kind of like, ah, ho-hum. It is what it is. You know, just look at Roy Sommer. He was able to stick around for that long. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> the the losingest coach. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. So, my thing is, um, dude, I, I'm just after the Toronto game. Hurdle said we played really bad tonight. They outplayed us, outskated us, everything. If you lose, we have to at least battle hard and do something. We did nothing. And so again, I'm sick of hearing this, dude. Yep. And uh, let's look at some quotes from like back yeah, I think around the start of the season or no I'm sorry this is from when Greer was announced as the GM that's over you know a year and a half ago Greer said he would like the Sharks to be a tenacious highly competitive in your face fast hard to play against team let's be honest for the largely this season they've been exactly the opposite of that yeah well I don't to the point that you've made a hundred times I don't think it's a coincidence that most of this roster is on an expiring contract yeah. Oh, all part of the plan, my brother. Right. Like, so, yeah, the, I agree with you. This roster is the exact opposite of what Mike Greer wants for the Sharks. But this roster is also not going to be here next year. <laughs> uh, what was another one? Oh, oh this was uh, after the 11-game losing stretch earlier. Was, we expected some pain as we go through this situation. But the last two games, in particular, it hasn't been good enough. Of course, those two games being the 10-goal losses. Uh, the compete, the effort, it's not good enough. It's unacceptable. To put the Sharks back on the right track, Greer did something for the first time as a GM. I met with the players today, Greer said. It was a one-way. I just felt they needed to hear from me and what I'm seeing and what I expect from them. I let them know what was happening was not acceptable. So... That happened, what, back in November? And then here we are in January, and they actually lost 12 in a row. So that's that's why I'm very much kind of like, oh, the compete, and the, like I'm just, I'm, I'm sick of hearing those answers. And to be quite honest, you look at Quinn and these post-game pressers, he's sick of fucking saying it. And let's look at what Quinn and the Sharks were trying to sell us at the beginning of the season, Okay. Head coach David Quinn expects his team to catch the hockey world by surprise and win games. Quote, if you're a fan of the Sharks, you're going to feel really good about our effort. 
if I'm paying money to come watch any professional sports team, you want to make sure that they're giving an honest effort. Quinn mm-hmm. believes that the depth of the co- forward core, the work ethic of the roster, and the attention to detail in the defensive zone will lead the Sharks to more wins. Quote, you're going to get an effort physically. You're going to get an honest effort mentally. And you're going to get a team that wants to play together and for each other. With that comes probably a lot more winning than people may be predicting for us. And that's how we're looking at it. Again, and what happened? We're halfway through the season and exactly the opposite. Yeah. That's that's. Like, I'm not trying to be a, a dick, you know, and, and and certainly, you know, I wouldn't expect Shang or Curtis or or anybody else to get up in Quinn's grill and say, you know, hey, Chief, look at these uh, quotes from uh, back in October. What do you got to say now? You know, like, I, obviously, you don't want to see this whole, like, I told you so bullshit, but there was a reason why the Vegas odds makers had the Sharks finishing dead last. Mm. Look where they're at right now. <laughs> no kidding. So, I mean, and and I get it. What's Quinn supposed to say in September? Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck, buddy. I don't know what the, you know, it's going to be uh, tough selling tickets after Thanksgiving. Let me let you know. Right. Because they're already going to be out of it. And somebody pointed, you know, pointed it out that the Sharks just hit the halfway point on pace for 42 points on the season, a total eclipsed by two-thirds of the league already. <laughs> I was going to say, even that this is, this speaks to how bad the Sharks are uh, right now is like, even the bad teams in the NHL have good moments and the Sharks are having no good moments. Oh, they're so few and far between. Let's remember like, you know what? Let's just take a moment and just kind of go, especially when you consider what tomorrow is. If I remember correctly, is tomorrow not the anniversary of a five-goal game from Timo Meyer? Uh, it is, yeah, two years ago. <sighs> Let's just breathe that in for a second. Doesn't that feel good? And, dude, you'll never believe this. It was the highest-attended Sharks game ever. There were 50,000 fans there. <laughs> oh, of course there were. It was amazing. <laughs> I remember. Oh. I, I remember exactly where I was. I I uh, watched that game on my couch from home as I recovered from getting my wisdom teeth removed. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Well, look, um, I uh, I actually have an important call that I need to take for a hot minute, but I want to leave you with some things to talk about and we can get the chat involved. Um, so T- two things. TSN mm-hmm. quoted during, I believe, the Ottawa game. Might have been Montreal. I mean, th- they were in that neck of the woods for three straight games, so I'm not sure which one it was. But TSN saying uh, the uh, the color guy going the sharks aren't even in a rebuild stage they're in a they're still in the tear it down stage so i'm going to uh I, i'm going to throw that comment to you and let you take what you want from it and then also your thoughts on um kevin weeks saying that uh, some players are sniffing around shemolevsky go for it yeah so i i think with in regards to the first point that was made uh ie the sharks are still uh, in the tear down stage before the rebuild. I don't know that I agree with that statement only because when you're in the tear it down stage, you have players and assets that you can trade away. You know, you have guys who, uh, 
you know, you have guys who have value around the league that you can get something for. And I would argue that that for the Sharks was last year. They traded away Timo Meyer. They traded away Eric Carlson. Um, two years ago, they traded away Brent Burns, right? So I don't know that the Sharks are still in the Territon stage unless you consider like Hurdle and, and Couture as assets that could potentially go somewhere. But I, I'm not totally convinced of that. I'm not really convinced of either of them leaving. I, I, I think Hurdle is more likely than Couture, but I don't see either of them leaving. Whoa, um, so, how do we get to Hurdle and Couture? I didn't bring them up. <laughs> uh, and I was just talking about how, you know, I don't believe the Sharks are in the tear it down stage because when you're in that stage, uh, you still have assets to trade away. Gotcha. Um, and so the other thing I would say on uh, about Sasha Chemilevsky He's been, if you take a peek over at the KHL, which, you know, a handful of us here, we do. Um, he's been very good uh, for his team uh, since he's gone over there. I believe it want to say it was two years ago. Um, he's been playing for Salavat Ufa, and he's been Gesundheit. pretty pretty consistently, he's been one of their top guys. He was second on the team in points a year ago, and he leads them in points this year. And, and you know, admittedly, Ufa is kind of a... Ufa. They are they are a bit of... A, I would say that they're a, a, a an upper-middle team in the KHL. You know, they're not one of the elites, but they're not terrible either. And um, so it's encouraging whether it's to eventually bring him back or whether it's to trade him. It's encouraging how well he's been playing. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be really curious to know what the Sharks uh, can get for him if they do end up trading for him. Because I think with his age and with his, what he's done with Ufa, I think there's a lot of teams that would sniff around that and consider paying a decent price for him. I mean, he's only 24 years old. There's a lot of ceiling there. Yeah, dude. Oh, sorry for the cringe face. Dude. I was going to say, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude, Higby. Woof. Anyway, um, but but the Sharks still have Sasha's rights, so they could get something, right? Yeah, I mean they could, and, and you know they've already given his agent permission to talk to other teams about a contract. Misty. Um, yeah, and so you know the Sharks, and 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 you know the Sharks are kind of in the. I don't want to say they're in the driver's seat on this situation, but there's not a, it's not time sensitive to trade him away. You know what I mean? So. They can they have the luxury, at least for right now, they have the luxury to wait and say, OK, well, if you want this guy, you know, we're not just going to give him away kind mm -hmm. of thing. You know? <laughs> Come on, and, Vancouver, give up something. Right. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but Milstein um, covers a lot of Russian guys, you know, Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Sorokin, to name a few. But he also covers Barbanov, Ahochuk, and Kinesia. I was going to say, I think Dan Milstein represents at least 95% of Russian NHLers. Yeah. Oh, dude. Uh, but you were bringing up Hurdle and Couture earlier, and uh, well, I think it was LeBron mm -hmm. part of this week was talking that, you know, that one of the things that I saw was Hurdle said like, oh, I'm not really thinking about it. I'll think about it uh, after the end of the season. I'm like, wait, whoa, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you think you're thinking about here, pal? <laughs> Oof. So it's between the whole, yeah, tear it down, rebuild, blah, blah, blah. The funny thing is that I caught some chief that I guess fashioned or fancied themselves as a writer at one point said some shit about, well, the Sharks are going to make the playoffs next season. Book it. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Let's put money on the board. Fuck book it. Uh, you know, yeah, it. Like, I don't want this save this tweet bullshit. Like put some cash on it or save it. 
Are they like? Did they expand the playoff format, and I didn't know about it? Like, <laughs> yeah, all thirty-two going. Cool. Yeah, yeah, like that's. I just I I don't know how you can confidently say that when the Sharks have no backfill. You know, like it Dude, was like not only no backfill, and 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 God forbid this happen, but let's hypothetically, Couture could come back this week aggravate whatever it is and then they come to find out you know what his career is over right and then like, and, you yeah. know and then it's the hurdle show and then what do you got and then and let's be honest if it's just the hurdle show and what we had you think hurdle wants to sign on for another five years of this right well and and you know you think about um a couple years ago when you were talking about la being on the come up right is <laughs> until this like the last nine games they played but go ahead <laughs> right but you look and, uh, you know, you look at the fact that L.A., they spent, you know, three or four years accumulating pieces and doing all that kind of stuff. And, you know, back in it must I think it would have been 2021. You know, you you were saying like, hey, L.A. Kings are on the come up like they're not going to make the playoffs this year, but they might surprise some people next year, which next year, obviously referring to last year. Mm -hmm. And you could justifiably convincingly say that because you look at the backfield, look at all the guys who are waiting in the wings and all of the guys on the roster who had taken steps forward. Right. And then the there, there was a guy or two on LA that I thought maybe they were, I'm like, dude, like speed it up. Like you don't have to wait for them to be that ripe. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. felt like, you know, guys like uh Byfield and uh, Turcotte could have gotten the yeah. call quicker. And 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 so you look you you take that sort of analysis and you apply it to the sharks. The sharks don't have guys on the roster who are progressing forward in their development. The sharks also don't have backfill that are like waiting uh, to be. Oh man, dude, I needed that incomplete pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you 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 don't have guys that are like waiting where it's like, hey, yeah, the sharks are brutal, but like. So and so is going to be in the in the NHL next year, and the things are going to turn around. Like the Sharks aren't in that position. Yeah, it's, see, and here's the fucked up thing: is in in like not I'm not trying to like uh, jerk myself off or anything, but do it. Typically, our shows we we usually do better live views wise, and I know that it, this game is hurting us. <laughs> I know it for a fact. If this was the uh, the Houston Cleveland game, dude, we'd be at like 80 viewers right now. <laughs> It was one of those blowouts. Um, I needed I, I I needed that incomplete pass so bad. I needed it. All right, so hero and zero for this week. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go back to uh, the name you mentioned, dude. Declare, dude. Goal, two assists. Uh, yeah, not bad. You know, I obviously want to see some more consistency from Chief, but uh, yeah, Duke. <laughs> well, well, that's not quite what you think it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so similar to what you said, I'm going to kind of take the same approach. I'm going to say Philip Zadina. Uh, he had a goal and an assist in three games this, uh, this week. Um, but more importantly, what I noticed is he seemed, I mean, for one, he's taking more shots on goal, which that's how you score goals. But also he seems, <laughs> he seems that's more, what I heard. right. Many people are saying, and he seems more engaged in the play, right? Like he seems, he doesn't seem like a passenger. He doesn't seem like he's happy to be there. You know, it seems like it's just, hey, like we're, you know, we're working at it and we're going to make it, you know, we're going to do what we can. And I think that's evidenced by him scoring the game time goal, you know, with just over three minutes left against Ottawa is 
if that wasn't a guy that you trusted and believed in, he wouldn't be out there, right? And, you know, that's not to say that, you know, the criticisms are unjust, because I think they are, but I do think that he's progressed in the right direction. And I think at this rate of, uh, shall we say, recuperation of his cachet, um, whoa, <laughs> whoa, hey, whoa. I, I, I think at this rate, if he continues to improve the way that he did this week, I think he could work himself back into being a re-sign candidate. I just want him to work himself into being a trade candidate because it's been too inconsistent for me. It's like four games, nothing, you know, just nothing but donuts on the stat line. Then, okay, mm -hmm. a goal in one game, an assist in the other, and then he'll go another four or five games, put up zeros. Uh, Forward progress. Uh, well, I again, I feel like it's it's a little too up and down for me. I just let's just see some consistency, my brother. Let's see you become a valuable trade piece. Can I, <laughs> I, I can I, uh, can I offer you a wager that is simply for bragging rights? No money involved. Oh sure, love those. If Philip Zadina scores a goal this week, the Sharks will re-sign him. Oh, see, I would actually put money on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but again, if they don't score, then if he doesn't score. Hey, then... you know what? Fuck it, man. Write it down. So Bragging, bragging rights only. No money involved. All right. So we got three games, right? Uh, at yeah, Buffalo, I... at Chicago, and the Anaheim game. Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's do, just write it down. Over those, Zadina scores, and he's re-signed between now and next October. Sure. Yeah. Jot her down, buddy. Um, <laughs> on the zero end, I'm just going to put Kakin in just because, like I yeah. said, dude, played one game this week and got yanked after 76 minutes or 76 seconds into the second period. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah, zero of the week. I mean, it's kind of hard to disagree with that one. Um, <laughs> but here I come. No, I kick I, open I the door, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can, honestly. I mean, I think I hate to do it to him two weeks in a row, but I'm going to say William Eklund again, just because like, Ooh. I, I like what he's doing, but we need to see more yeah, again. And, yeah. Consistently. And I saw somebody say on Twitter, I don't recall who said it, so I apologize, Ooh. but, but I, I agree with a hundred percent of what the person said, which was, you know, like at a certain point we need to stop protecting Eklund and <sighs> yes. kind of say, Hey, you've not played well. We need more from you, you know? Yeah. Cause that was, uh, what was it? He got benched for like a couple shifts the other game. And I know that like some people on Twitter lost their minds. It happens. Yeah. Oh, <gasps> well, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> the hell you say? People get, people get mad online. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh dude. I can tell that I, I so have a story to share with you offline. Um, <laughs> so what dude, we kind of glossed over it a minute ago, but dude, what is up with this Pacific division, dude? It got real interesting in the new year. I mean, LA has lost eight straight. They haven't won a game since beating who else? The Sharks back on the 19th. <laughs> dude, the Kraken, nine straight wins. The Oilers have peeled off 10 and they're just a point behind LA and only six behind VGK. And they have four Who's games been, in hand. 
And Vegas has not been all that interesting as well either. They, Vegas has been very one up, one down kind of deal. They, yeah, dude, they have so been sus. And I know that a lot of it was uh, that they seem to be uh, bitching about the goaltending again. I mean, they used like eighteen goaltenders last season, and then now I don't, I don't even know how many they're onto this season. But I know that that's been one part of it. But yeah, dude, very much one up, one down. Right, uh, and I. And we and we talked about it a little bit last week, where it was you know the a team to watch on the come up, and then a team to watch that may go off the cliff. Mm-hmm. I did not have L.A. going off the cliff. I don't think they will, but goddamn, dude, I you know I did say I last week I thought EDM or Edmonton, if you will, uh, was going to push somebody out, and I was leaning on Vegas but push them out of the top three. Whew, I'm feeling a little bit better about that. <laughs> I mean, what a run, bro. And on top of that, dude, Evander Kane is not even in their top six. What does that tell you? Yeah. The, what it tells me is that there's some weird shit going on <laughs> in Edmonton. Like, and, and I give them credit, you know, because I feel like for the longest time, the thing in Edmonton is like, oh, we're struggling McDavid and Dreisaitl together. Right. Mm-hmm. And to their credit, you know, they do the last two or three years, they've had more weapons than they've had in previous years. Um, I mean, they've got they've got four. No, I'm sorry. They've got five guys who are point per game or better, you know, so that's like the best their depth has been in a while. But it just feels like everybody is clicking. You know what I mean? Like Matias Ekholm is healthy on the blue line. That's obviously positive for them. For them, uh, Warren Fogle has taken a step forward. Ryan McLeod has taken a step forward. I do think if I was in control of this team, I would like to add even more to my forward depth. <laughs> Cunning. But, <laughs> Make a move, know. baby. Dude, that's what I want to see. I'm like, okay, Declare goes to Vancouver. <laughs> Cunning goes to Edmonton. We can ship off somebody else to to LA. Let's let, let's make it happen, Captain. It was like, do you remember? Do you remember uh, the year before the Stanley Cup? The Sharks went to the final. When same kind of thing, they traded away a bunch of guys, and it was like, okay, James Shepard is on the Rangers. Yep. Tyler Kennedy is on, uh, I believe, the Devils. Andrew Desjardins is on the Blackhawks. It was like all these teams that had a Sharks castaway that were in the playoffs, and it's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Barkley um, Goodrow, <laughs> right? And so I'm like, yeah, I, I think with Edmonton, like Edmonton, it, it, they're playing where we all thought they would. L.A., I'm shocked by that because I actually think L.A. is a really good team, but again. I, you know, we've talked about their defense needing help for at least two years now, and I feel like it's not happened. They re-signed Gavrikov, which is obviously good for them, but they need more, right? Well, it, well and I'm going to be on record. Do it. I think this would have happened with Woodcroft. This being the Edmonton turnaround, you mean? Yes. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. I think I I totally think he got scapegoated now. And somebody Bozo pointing out that you know King subred Reddit is calling for um, T Max firing, and I'm like, hmm, wouldn't Woodcroft fit into that one nicely? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think you and, and again like we're we're running before we walk here, but I don't think Todd McCullen should be fired. But if you I don't know. I think if you are the LA Kings and you fire Todd McClellan, which again, you should not. And the fact that this is a conversation I think is kind of ridiculous. But if you do go that route, you hire a veteran seat filler. And then for next season, you promote Marco Sturm. 
Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. And it appears official. Detroit is in victory formation. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, Yeah. But so at the Detroit Lions. Oh, okay. So Eminem is probably going to write a new song. Um, All right. Good for you, Lions. First win in the playoffs since like what? The uh, Clinton administration? Yeah. They, um... <laughs> the, the first, <laughs> the first part of it. The, the yeah, first, before first Monica, home, the pre-Monica Clinton administration. I was gonna say, I believe it was their first, uh, first home. I mean, first home playoff game since 1994. Yeah, so good on you, dude. Since think about this, the Detroit Lions hadn't had a home playoff game since the first season of the San Jose Sharks at the Tank. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> All right, um, dude. What up with the with the whole Philadelphia Flyer thing and in Cutter Gauthier? Is that it? Am I yeah, getting, that, am I getting that right? His name? Yeah, that one's a weird. And why do they keep comparing it to Lindros? And I, like, I don't get that. It's it, it's not the same. Well, okay, so <laughs> we're not the same. <laughs> well, it's not the same because Lin because Lindros said to Quebec. Do not draft me. I will not play for you. Well, and, and he had a very specific uh, person in mind that he's like, I don't want to be anywhere near that guy. Right. You know, they and, and hey. Gauthier hasn't like he won't come out and say like what he's so upset about. He's just get me out of here. Well, I think the thing. So the thing is, yeah, first playoff win since 1991 for the Lions. Um, oh, 90. So, oh, for playoff win since 91. So, so since the inception of the Sharks. Right. Right. <laughs> and so. With you know, um, like with Lindros, like he said to Quebec, "I do not want to play for you. Do not draft me." And they did anyway. So that's on them. With Cutter Gauthier, by all accounts, he said to Philly, "I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to play for the team. Let's oh, I'm do built awesome like a flyer, things. right? Yeah, yeah, built like a flyer. And then you know, oh, uh, I'm gonna go back to school. I'm gonna go back to school. I don't want to sign yet. Da 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 da." So it sounds like, and again, there's more information to be acquired, but it sounds like the Flyers traded him because they kind of feel like he was being a bit wishy-washy with them. Yeah, they, it sounded they, like they couldn't get like a fucking fair answer out of the guy either way of like what was going on, and then there would be times where it's like Gauthier just fucking lost Briere's phone number. Right. I don't even get that, but uh, you got to like the deal. I mean, dude, getting Drysdale and a second rounder, and the fact that Briere is, is stick tapping thirty one other teams, saying, "I can't believe these motherfuckers all stayed quiet," <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I guess this has been going around for a while. But the best part, dude, was seeing Keith Jones being just short of going like "fuck that guy" on the broadcast, dude, because he seemed tilted about this, you know. And it was like, "You don't want to be flyer? You're not going to be a fucking flyer." And then Torts going, you know, like I don't even know this kid. Yeah, <laughs> dude, uh, it's just ay ay ay. But I will say, dude, the ticket demand for the next time the Ducks play in Philly. Right, dude, skyrocket. I'm quite sure that the draw of the Anaheim Ducks in Philly, probably not like the biggest ticket sales driver. It is now. <laughs> no you, kidding. You got to appreciate that. And speaking well, of, oh, go ahead. Not only that, not only that, but you look at, you know, since the, the smoke is kind of cleared on the trade a little bit, right? Uh, Jamie Drysdale 
he 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 comes right in. He says, "Hey, you know, how you doing?" And he he puts up. I believe he's. I want to say he scored an assist in his debut. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, he's got two games, two assists. Um, he's you know he's getting about the same amount of ice time, but it, it just he seems like he's being utilized in a way that's more suitable to, uh, you know, what he can bring to the table. <laughs> this is so great, dude. Uh, but speaking of Anaheim, uh, Corey Perry is available. Everybody, he can be signed. <laughs> That's, you know, you I think anybody if, pulls the trigger on that. I think so. Absolutely. Cool. Corey Perry. Uh, I mean, dude, Toronto, right? They need more sandpaper. Toronto. <laughs> I could, I could see him go back to Tampa Bay. I could see him. Uh, see, I mean, a former team see... like Tampa, I, that because they're already like used to his shenanigans. So if they were well, fine with then, it, but even then, but like I just think Corey Perry is one of those. I know a lot of people have things to say about him, and you know, deservedly so, given everything that's transpired. But I think if you, you know, people look at it, you know, certain, you know, people in those hockey circles are going to look at it from a hockey perspective, and for what he can bring to you on a cheap deal, like is worth a gamble. If you look at it just strictly from the hockey player perspective. And so I think if, you know, I mean, take your pick, dude, like I could see 10 teams be interested in him. Like any, any team that thinks they have a shot at the playoffs and they need cheap depth. Absolutely. Like again, Toronto, Tampa, uh, Colorado, you think, Dallas. I was going to say, did you, would you think Dallas might go to that? Well, again, sure. Why not? All right. You know, I could see anything. What about uh, Zegras? There's a lot of talk about Zegras. There's also yeah, been I... a lot of talk about Merzlikens. Where are these guys at the deadline or next September? Zegras is a tough one because I feel like he's a really skilled player, and I don't know that you should give up on him or trade him away just because he doesn't fit the style of your GM. Like yeah, I think, that's... I think when you're the GM, you need to make it work with the player, not the other way around. As for Merzlikens, I'm kind of thinking like he's, he's a good goalie, but Columbus going back to what we said a couple minutes ago about backfill Columbus has their backfill. So it makes sense for them to look to move Merzlikens, but where they shot themselves in the foot is they waited too long and now his value has, has gone down a bit. And I, I think some teams would still trade for him, but maybe not give up as much as they would have 12 months ago. Sure. But Merzlikens, hear me out. Edmonton? Mm, if they didn't have Jack Campbell under contract, I would be more apt to agree with that. Uh, and Zegris? I could... The thing is, he's never going to get his cookies in Anaheim. You don't think so? I mean, no. I could see, like, I could almost see, like, the Rangers making a play for him. Hmm. I don't know. It, it, that just seems like a just a pairing for the ages. Zegers in New York. Like, he just seems like he's a big market kind of guy. He's electric. He puts butts in seats. And sure. Anaheim is not that kind of market. I could, yeah, that's actually a good point. I could see that. Uh, speaking of electric, <laughs> ooh, these all-star jerseys. Hey, now. Oh, by the way, the rest of the roster was filled out, and evidently they said, uh, okay, so we're going to have a representative from all 32 teams, and then the rest of the spots are just going to be filled by Canucks, Maple Leafs, and Avalanche players. 
Yeah, dude, they clearly listened to the podcast from a week ago and wanted to bring the best players. <laughs> <laughs> well, th see, that's the funny thing is that when we were talking Ooh. about this, I remember saying, you know, like, I'm sorry, but look, Hurdle should not be there. And I said, the Canucks have like four or five guys they could send. Well, evidently, all the fans send said, all of them. Yeah, the fans were like, you right. <laughs> so I, here we go. You know, I'm just looking at this list right now. I'm just looking at it. And, and, and the thing that makes me laugh is that you were talking about Nylander. Like, How does Nylander? And I'm like, Chief, Chief, relax. He's going to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lo I'm looking, though, like Alexander Georgiev. I mean, I, I see that it's the fan vote, and I understand that. But, dude, Alexander a, Georgiev is not a, an all-star this year. I was going to say, that's that's certainly a choice. Like, his record is nice. It's a nice record, but his save percentage sucks. And when you have a nice record and a, and a shitty save percentage, what does that tell you? But but if, Your team scores a lot of goals. Yeah, but the thing is, is that if you, if, if I remember correctly, if you look at all of the initial choices where it's one guy from all 32 teams, wasn't the only goalie chosen Otter? Yeah. So it's like, well, we got we to gotta figure out a way to get these. We, we need more than one goalie if we're going to put this little soiree on. Yeah, but let me here. Let me. And again, I understand that, you know, we're 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 comparing, you know, we're comparing bagels to bookstores here. But like Capo Kakinen has the same save percentage as Georgiev. <laughs> oh, my God. Only difference is. Capo Kakinen is five and thirteen. Georgiev is twenty-four and ten. I think you know. Okay. Do you, do, do we want to try to determine which guy's playing behind a better group of people? I don't know that we need to determine that. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's just known. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you these jerseys, my friend? What um. Dude, hmm. I mean, Adidas. Got, well, and I don't want to put this on Adidas. Adidas is, the, they're the ones that are were told, this is what we want. Make it happen, Captain. And they were like, okay. Well, I, and again, I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to jam anyone up here. <laughs> I, I would personally like to jam up Justin Bieber, but go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, there, you know, I, I, there was somebody who did mention to me, um, you know, last parting gift from Adidas. <laughs> oh, kind of a fuck you, keep it, walk out the door kind of move. Well, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that for sure. But this person, they didn't say no. You know what I mean? Like they didn't say that that's it, that it wasn't that. I feel you, but it's like, really, come on, like you see that and you're like, where do I've seen this before? <laughs> Like I feel like these are some nacho cheese thing, and I've seen so many comparisons on this. But the one comparison that kicks you in the balls is when you compare it to what last year was. Dude, last year's were choice. Dude, they were chef's kiss. They, I would argue that last season's All Star jerseys were the best they've been in twenty five years, maybe ever. Exactly. Here's the thing, and I say this a lot. I, I say this pretty much every time we talk about a jersey that's not that great. Is like I appreciate I appreciate what they were going for. 
I, like, do, and see, and I'm there with you. Like, I appreciate that they that they didn't want to stay safe, mm-hmm. but oof, ah. But why? I mean, again, if you wanna if you wanna count grains of sand here, why is the NHL and the star logo yellow, and you also have a yellow jersey? Yeah, like you're telling me that that yellow jersey couldn't have been green, eggs or blue for the host team. Well, there's already a blue one. Yeah, no, I'm, but I'm talking about the star. Oh, okay, I'm with you. You know, yeah, to have a little yeah. contrast. Yeah, and and again, I like like it's very obvious. You look at the colors. The colors come from the All Star logo, which again, I respect what they're doing. I appreciate what they're doing. Logically, it's it's actually logically it's the right move, but the execution was terrible because these are ugly. Yeah, I think the yellow and white jerseys, the contrasting color like in the white one instead of the yellow it, it should have been the toronto blue mm-hmm. to have some contrast there but again i mean if this is somebody saying f- dropping a, a a fuck you on the way out the door from adidas i uh, love it <laughs> right and and i don't know that it is but i also don't know that it isn't well uh, dude uh it's a great uh, let's go full aaron Rodgers here and say yeah we're gonna grip onto that conspiracy but the thing that gets me and i'll and i will bitch about this till the end of time as long as they keep doing it is the fact that they put out um marketing materials uh the you know the photos of people wearing the jerseys and everything like that and the marketing materials that they're using these people are wearing the made in canada versions the ones that players wear on the ice that fans can't fucking buy like, why are you using those marketing materials when the fans can't buy it? The other thing of note that we haven't even got into is, bro, the numbers on the back, like, to me, it's like, oh, cartoon font. Like, this whole thing is very cartoony, but we're going back to the idea of putting not only the player's name under the number, but we're going to do it all in lowercase. Yeah, that's, I mean, again, I give them full props for trying to be different, but I don't think this is it. Yeah, this, mm -mm. sorry, boys, sorry, girls, uh, and those who don't identify as either, sorry to all of you, this is, oof, oof, all right, let's get to our tweet of the week, especially now that the game is over, uh, because this is a good one, I'm sorry, guys. It's just, this this type of shit drives me crazy. But NBC Bay Area tweeting out, you know, experts offer their opinion about the 49ers' chances of winning Super Bowl. Uh, what what are we at now? 58? 58, yeah. Okay. So it, it, it usually takes me a minute to, like, do the math on Roman numerals, so I was happy that <laughs> I got it that quickly. <laughs> but I, that this type of shit drives me crazy. You could put, like, you know beat writers or sports you know prognosticators but experts let's be honest if they were experts they would be too busy counting their winnings from gambling in vegas and if you look at that article uh, there are four different people that offer their predictions of what's going to happen two of them have the niners winning uh, over Baltimore. The other two are completely, had, they had, oh, this is the great thing. Oh my God, I wish I would have had this. Okay, sorry. They had 
the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl, the team that lost earlier today <laughs> in this article done two days ago that said the experts offer their opinion. One of them's already wrong. So it's <laughs> kind of like, uh, you're not an expert. So please stop with this nonsense. You know, again, I go back to put money on the board, so it, you know, and stop with the save this tweet shit. Fuck you. <laughs> Drives me crazy. Ah, let's get to the other team for a quick sec. Ooh, Barracuda. Oh boy, not a good week for the Cuda. It it just goes and goes and goes. Uh, the Barracuda's lone representative in the AHL All Star Game coming up next month, Daniil Gushkin. He did pot two, or he potted goals in two of three games played this week, but sadly, not enough to help the Cuda win. They are currently on a five-game losing skid. The last place Barracuda will make a rare trip to Charlotte this week to play a pair against the Checkers before making their way to Loveland, Colorado for a pair against the Eagles. And remember, you can follow Teal Town USA, Ian Reed, Sharks Jewels, Kevin Lacey, Marky Mark, they will be live tweeting those Barracuda games from time to time, so check them out. But, yeah, it's not that great. Prize time, bitches. Oh, I was so looking forward to this. We gave you the fucking answer, people. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say jerk. Gave you the answer. And you said, nope, I'm going to do it my own way. Fine. <laughs> so the question was, and and oddly enough, we you gave them the answer. And we had two winners. Figure that <laughs> yeah. out. So yeah, the that's, the that's what really quick. I was actually going to ask you. So because we have two winners, like, are there two legitimate winners, or is this going to like a sudden death face off kind of? Thing? I I don't think we need to do sudden. I mean, I, we well, we'll get there when we get there. Sure. Um. So the the question was, and and yes, I went into the weeds for this. But the the prize question was, which game this week you had to get, you know, closest without going over the shots on goal the Sharks would have, which period in which game? And during the show, it's funny, I kept saying second period Ottawa, but you came in and said, okay, hypothetically, second period Montreal. And not one person who entered the contest said second period Montreal. And in fact, well, that I was said the it winning at least, period. And that was the thing. I said it at least. I, I went back and listened. I said it at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> and no one submitted that. And what's funny is I swear I remember saying something along the lines of, you know, I don't know why I keep saying this. I guess I'm, I think that's what it's going to be or something like that. <laughs> And lo and, you know, and behold. But you know what's funny, though? The second period Ottawa was the was it, su- submission that was sent in the most. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. So the subliminal thing worked. Got it. Yeah. I, I wanted – actually, you know what? Let me – That's great. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me verify that before I put that out there. But, uh, well, yeah, second period Ottawa was the most suge- sent in one. Oh, and, and you know what? That was yeah. – it, it was – it was the polar opposite. It was the worst period out of the uh, the nine. Yeah. How funny is that? <laughs> With only four shots on goal. But the winning period was the second period in Montreal with 17 shots on goal. Not one of you motherfuckers 
<laughs> took the second period in Montreal. A couple did first, a couple did third, no one did second. But the problem is the person who took first Montreal and third Montreal, both you guys put 13 shots. So that's as close as we can get. So I go back to you. Is there, do we reward both or is there a tiebreaker that, well, first period, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't even know how to tiebreak that. I think so. I think we reward, like who emailed you first. I think we reward both. Uh, yeah. Even, even if there weren't extra considerations, I would say we reward both. But I think because of the extra considerations, i.e., one of these winners has had a price set aside for them. <laughs> I think we have to reward both. And so I'll say it. The winners, again, Montreal, second period, 17 shots. That was your victory. Nobody said it, but there were two people who said Montreal and got close to 17. That was Mark Gallup, shout out, and Michael Molasses. Molasses. This puck has been sitting around. So you know what? That's what we're going to do this, uh, this go around. Because there were two guys... Uh, two winners, and because I've had two pucks sitting here, one of which has been earmarked for molasses since I received it, uh, we're going to go two pucks. Uh, each of you is getting a puck and something else, and there you go. Uh, that is too, too, too Watch. funny. Wouldn't it be, one, wouldn't it be fucked time... up if I, if I sent the, uh, the Nieto puck to the other guy? And... <laughs> no, you know what You know what I think is funny is the one time that he's not live in the chat is the time you... Oh, he is live. No, in the no, chat. there okay. he is, dude. Oh, dude, he's been waiting the whole time. Uh, and you know what's really funny, though, is my boy Jimmy, he was the one who came closest to the total shots on goal. Yeah, that is true. He said 16, and he got the period right. Yeah. The wrong game. Exactly. Dude, JR, buddy, you were so close, man. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Like a tiger. First one to guess when AJ had his last beer. Uh, I'm going to go with about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Any hoodles. Uh, for this week, we're going to uh, flip it and reverse it. So lowest. No, 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 no. No, we're going to flip it and reverse it in that. This week, the Sharks have three games at Buffalo tomorrow morning, morning at an ungodly hour. Mm -hmm. at, uh, at Chicago, a bedardless Chicago, if you will. And then home against Anaheim next Saturday. And the thing that is upsetting, I, I hope somebody can confirm or deny this. Did I see something that the 49ers playoff game is going to be the evening of next Saturday? Because if that's uh, the case, dude, what a colossal bone job on the Sharks' attendance. But then there's a part of me that goes, oh, fuck, I might win that bet after all against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so because they're playing the Packers that game, it's going to be Saturday at 5.15 Pacific. Oh, 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 man, the Sharks got so boned. Now, okay, but if if you're the Sharks, do you not ask the NHL if if you can do something? Do you not push the start time to 8 o'clock if you're the Sharks? Dude, I push the start time to 1 o'clock on Saturday. Right. Oh, dude, I wonder if... Especially if... because, especially because you know, their internet persona is that the Sharks are like best friends with the 49ers. So you'd oh. think that they would try. 
Dude, yeah, I I would be uh, if I'm the Sharks, I'd be like, is there any way that we can play the Ducks at one o'clock? Yeah. Oh, dude. Okay. So, man, because oh that oh so boned. So yeah, puck guy right now confirming as it stands right now, the Niners are scheduled for a five o'clock start. The Sharks are scheduled for a seven o'clock start. Not even a seven thirty start. A seven o'clock start. <laughs> Oh, that sucks. And here's the thing. The following Saturday, the Sharks game on Saturday is a one o'clock start. <laughs> so, and it, and it's going to be, oh, dude, that's going to be so tough for the Niner fans who really, really wanted the Sharks Aloha shirt. I feel like there's going to be a lot of tickets given away for that Sharks game with the contingency of, I'll give you this ticket, but you need to give me the uh, giveaway. <laughs> So we'll see what happens. Oh, that sucks. Uh, oh, you know what, though? I feel like that might be a good time to wear my 49ers custom Sharks jersey. What say me? Mm -hmm. There you go. Anyway, so uh, getting back to the, uh, the, the prize, the contest that we're going to run this week. So as I stated, at Buffalo, at Chicago, hosting Anaheim, we're going to flip it and reverse it in that now you have to email – hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com and you have to get it in before the puck drop tomorrow morning um, or prior to Buffalo. Uh, here, here it is. The last week we said shot, sharks shots on goal for each period. Now it's going to be shots allowed. Mm. So email hockeyjerk10 at gmail.com so what we're looking for is the team name, whether it's Buffalo, Chicago, or Anaheim, then the period, then the number of shots you think the Sharks are going to allow. And that being said, uh, if, I can, if I can dial it in relatively quickly, it will take a minute. I might have to vamp because sometimes the uh, – the, the puck guy internet becomes, uh, shall we say, contagious. But I want, I, the only thing is that, okay, now uh, we did this shit last time, damn it. Ayo, email jerk. Don't enter in the chat. <laughs> email jerk. Oh, man. That drives me that shit crazy. <laughs> but just to give you uh, a heads up, over this last week, the Sharks gave up shots on goal-wise in, in the Toronto game. They gave up 16 in the first, 19 in the second, 11 in the third. And versus Ottawa, they gave up 8 in the first, 22 in the second, and 11 in the third. So I think I've already given you guys a really good hint. Second period is probably going to be the real go-to here. <laughs> Should I... Uh... Should I tell him the answer again? Should I give him? Should I give him the script? Dude, whip it out, dude. So Buffalo sec first period. <laughs> no, it's oh, but you're saying Buffalo first period? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and what's your number? Uh, nineteen. Okay, I'm going to go. Um, oh boy, that's you know what? That's really good. I'm going to say uh, Buffalo second period twenty two. Okay. <laughs> So there you go. So anyway, that's it. Um, oh, and you know what? Oh, boy. 
I feel bad because let's be honest, dude, pregame for this starts in 12 hours. So, you know, the, right the, I think I think the amount of uh the, yeah, I know, but the amount of people well, you know what? Uh hey, for all of you who are watching live right now, this might be your opportunity to like jump in and go, oh, okay, I can get it because the amount of entries are gonna be low because there are gonna be people that enter this, but they usually enter after hearing it on delay, the audio version. So there you go. A lot does not count as an answer. But uh, yeah, answers must be submitted by puck drop prior to the Buffalo game. We'll announce the winner next Sunday, as we always do. Remember, outside the US 48, you have to cover the freight if you want the prize. And and what what's your thing? Oh, on uh, on blah, 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 on uh, when somebody wins it a second time. Yeah. So uh, every time, so we're only doing one prize winner per season. But if you are a winner, even if you win multiple times, every win, even if you don't win, like we had the fake winner a couple weeks ago, we had like the you know, the quick pick instant winner. Like if you, if a prize has been mailed to you this season, regardless of the circumstances, that is a, a quote unquote raffle ticket to be used for some to be determined uh, end of the season prize. So basically if you win a second time, you won't get the week's prize, but you will get an extra ticket for the end of season prize. Yes. So there you go. Uh, again, coming up this week, the Sharks are going to finish off a five-game road trip versus Buffalo, a Bedardless Chicago team, and Anaheim. Remember, tomorrow's game, 9 o'clock in the morning. Pacific. Yes. So you've heard of uh, Teal Town after dark. We're going to be having Teal Town after breakfast tomorrow. Enjoy that. I have no idea who's running the show, whether it's uh, Ian or Puck Guy or Landy or, you know, Jules or, oh, I'm sorry, Jules or Dana or whoever. We don't know. Felix could be in there. We're not sure. So uh, tune in tomorrow following uh, morning hockey, breakfast hockey, if you will. Uh, any last words from you, Jerk, as we get the hell out of here? Were you able to parlay win any type of money in this weekend's wild card football matchups i did a lot of winning i also did a lot of losing <laughs> gotcha what what game paid off the best for you oh geez the game that paid off the best for me i was really hoping it would be dallas um well, so my, my my betting is kind of all over the place. You know, I'm not a specific but um, to one league. But when it comes to NFL specifically, uh, the game that paid off for me the best was actually the game that just concluded, which was the uh, the LA Rams and the Detroit Pist- uh, Pistons. Jesus. <laughs> Pistons. Detroit, <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Wasn't that, um, wasn't that the team that lost 28 straight games? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and again, every now and again, I'm feeling a little froggy. Uh, so one of the bets that I had, and, and I alluded to it, um, was neither team, or uh, it was uh, three scores in a row by the same team. I said no. And so when I said I needed that incomplete pass, uh. Because the Rams scored a touchdown, and then they kicked a field goal. So had the Rams gotten that first down there, they probably would have scored, and they would have jammed me up there. The other one that, again, I was feeling froggy, I said 
Um, 45 plus first downs for this game. There were 45. <laughs> Jeez. So we squeaked it in. All right. Love that. Uh, the, 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 for my like last words, but my whole thing is can, can, can the New Jersey Devils get healthy, please? <laughs> can y'all start winning some games? Because daddy wants another pick for the Sharks. Another good pick. And Wouldn't you, that be nice if the Sharks had three firsts this year? Oh, dude. Yeah. And it's like New Jersey. Right now, you guys are kind of, you're, you're fucking up the program. And to be fair, I'm, there, there's a part of me that is just kind of like, I'm surprised the coach there hasn't been fired. Not that, <laughs> you know, not that it's been his fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> but we know how scapegoats work. Yeah. And they clearly have just, oh, it's not what we, uh, what the prognosticators all predicted at the beginning of the season. So New Jersey, if you could get your shit together a little bit, that would really help us out. Pittsburgh, keep doing you. You're right in where we need you to be. Just You're right where we want you. <laughs> I mean, we're not there yet. <laughs> but we're right where we need you to be, okay? So on Twitter, you can follow him at hockey jerk. I'm sorry, hockey underscore jerk. You gotta make sure you get that underscore in there. Follow me at AJ underscore strong. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave your take in the comment section of this video if you were not able to join us live. And remember that you can help keep us commercial free when you use the super chat option during the live shows. Better yet, hit us up on Venmo. You can find us at Teal Town USA. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, a five-star rating, cool review would be ever so appreciated. And finally, if you need that 24-7 fix of Sharks Talk, when podcasts just aren't enough, you need to be in there constantly going. You can hit up the jerk man at hockey underscore jerk on Twitter to get your very own VIP invite to the Discord server where the talk truly never, ever stops. You said something about a final score prediction game? Yeah, so there's a handful of us. There's maybe... Um, there's actually... There's like 16 of us, Whoa. which is a, a lot. There's 16 of us where every, every Sharks game, we we throw out a prediction. So it's who's going to win, what the score is going to be, and who is going to score the first goal for the Sharks. Nice. Yeah, so we do it for every game. And uh, it's fun, you know, because uh, like I said, you know, there there have been a lot of, uh, you know, um, a lot of like picks that like have ended up like hitting right on, um, <laughs> which is always kind of fun. Those are great. Um, yeah. Like there was, you know, like I said, I, I said 5-4 Ottawa. I know, I think, uh, I think it was a week ago or a week or two ago where like Pat, Pat ripped off like three correct scores in a row. Like it was crazy. And so, you know, that's just one of those things that's like, you know, fun right like get people talking and then goofing on each other and just having a good time you know nice all right well you can find links to our social media podcast apps and more always included in the show notes you can find everything on tealtownusa.com and as i stated earlier check out after dark that follows every single sharks game but after breakfast tomorrow or yesterday depending on when you're picking this up on the audio podcast i don't know but we thank you so much for listening or joining can us I, oh, can i ahead. say what can i say one more thing yeah what it is just just because we won't be here until next sunday uh have to say 
Bang Bang Niner Gang. <laughs> oh man. See, I should have should have rocked my uh my Niner jersey tonight. But I you know what? Hopefully they'll uh, have a win this Saturday and I'll be able to rock it next Sunday. So we thank you so much for listening or watching us here on YouTube. We will catch you all next Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Finish up your cocktails, clear out your tabs. You don't got to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. <laughs>